History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Milanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. We're glad to be back here on KPRZ. We had a wonderful trip across the country to attend the Red Pill Expo. It was organized by G. Edward Griffin, who wrote the important book, Creature from Jekyll Island, about the Federal Reserve and the banking system that has so influenced events. It This expo took place in Rapid City, South Dakota, so we had a great time. Uh, we're now glad to be back here in San Diego. So we drove all the way there and back. We saw a lot of wide open country and we heard from a lot of uh, great folks on what's really going on in these strange times and also things we can do. And that's what we try to do on the show. Also give us things that we can do to help. We interviewed, uh, well, we interviewed a few weeks ago on our show, G. Edward Griffin, and we actually got to have dinner with him one of the evenings, and got to know he and his wife better. He's approaching 90 years old, and he's more energized than most people I know. Yes, and very imbued with his sense of mission. And so we also got to meet a lot of other interesting freedom fighters and even felt like the Lord put certain ones in our path as divine appointments. It was very amazing. We encourage our listeners to gather with others that are seeking truth and to be salt and light in our culture. It's very invigorating. So, by the way, all the states that we drove through, Nevada, Utah, all the way across Wyoming and South Dakota, they have put COVID behind them. And many of them are, especially South Dakota, never did shut down. They put it all behind them way sooner than we have. We're still lagging behind but anyway we're we're opening up anyway starting to but we are lagging behind it was quite a contrast but anyway let's get to our topic for today which is how can we as followers of Jesus be an influence for good when it comes to the disturbing issue of abortion uh we've talked about this a couple times in the past it's so important for perspective, you know, as a society, we've lived with the sexual revolution since really the 1960s, and Roe v. Wade since 1973 was definitely a part of that. And as a society, I think we're really reaping the long-term consequences of, of these policies and these cultural changes. And of course, we're going to talk more today about how it affects the lives of individuals, too, in a, in a big way. We'll be discussing some of the latest developments in the pro-life movement. Some of them are pretty startling. Uh, Also, we have a guest today. We're so happy to have our amazing young friend, Rebecca Dyer. She's a pro-life activist. She works with a pro-life organization called Justice for All, so we're going to be hearing from her too. But quickly... Yeah, I just wanted to interject one thing because we try to keep you apprised of late-breaking developments. We just found out this week from the organization called Liberty Council, and Matt Staver, and you can find out more about them at libertyconsul.org. 
But what he we've been we've already talked about the Equality Act before the Congress, but what we didn't know is that the Equality Act really affects abortion, not just not just uh, LGBT issues. So basically, it's more extreme than Roe v. Wade. It makes even late-term abortions into quote rights. It forces alternative pregnancy centers to. Uh, it doesn't it, Kathleen? It forces them to communicate about abortions. Yes, and we thought we already uh, dealt with that with the Supreme Court case that our friend Dean Broyles brought before the Supreme Court, where they said that alternative pregnancy centers do not have to refer clients to abortion clinics. So, but here it is up again with the Equality Act. Uh, so this is a disturbing development, uh, and that's in addition to the LGBT agenda. However, there is good news. So we were going to give you the good news yeah, before let, the bad well, let's news. End with, and let's <laughs> end with the good news. There's a real possibility the Supreme Court could overturn Roe v. Wade because they've agreed to take a landmark case in Mississippi, and that's really good news. So right. we'll, we'll be following that. And people are hopeful that that will happen. However, if the Equality Act passes, then it won't even it matter. Won't, it won't even matter. So we need to contact our legislators, our congressmen and senators. This Equality Act cannot pass. It will destroy our religious freedoms. And I want to get on now with our guest today. So as we mentioned, we have a young friend named Rebecca Dyer. We know her initially through our church. She's um, still in her 20s and has graduated. She graduated from Liberty University based in Lynchburg, Virginia. She's been doing pro-life work since 2016. She works now with Justice for All, a pro-life organization. She joined in 2019. She works currently as a training specialist, so she trains people how to have good conversations about abortions, about abortion. She does outreach events. She does sidewalk counseling. She's going to tell us about her experiences. So how are you doing there, Rebecca? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's so wonderful to have you today, my dear. Uh, I so enjoyed the afternoon long ago not long ago, that we spent at Lisa's house, our mutual friend. You were telling us all about your training classes at Justice for All, how you began working in this field. So share a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this. Yeah, so I work for Justice for All as a training specialist, and I train people how to have a different kind of conversation about abortion. It's a conversation that's marked by what we at Justice for All call the three essential skills, which are asking good questions, listening to understand the person that we're speaking to, and finding common ground with them whenever we can. And let me just um, interject I, there, uh, that those are good skills for almost mm-hmm. any advert conversation, asking good questions, listening to understand, and finding common ground whenever we can. So those are very good skills for almost any conversation. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Yeah, I work for Justice for All also because I'm just very passionate about um, creating conversations about abortion and the value of human life and trying to help others see 
the humanity of unborn children and understand why abortion should be illegal. And I think Justice for All does an incredible job of equipping people how to have good dialogues about difficult topics today. And I think that's something that's very needed in our culture right now. That is wonderful. The Lord really has put it on your heart to reach out to women in this difficult situation and, and families, really, that this mm-hmm. is affected by. And so so tell a little bit more about Justice for All and the background about them. Yeah, so Justice for All is a pro-life training organization, and we equip people to engage others on the issue of abortion. So we teach people how to have a different kind of conversation about abortion because I think this subject is often um, very confrontational. It can be very hostile and angry. And so we help people to approach the issue with gentleness and compassion. So we teach people the concept of loving all three. So we want to love the woman who is experiencing the unplanned pregnancy. We want to love the person that we are speaking to. And we also need to love the unborn child equally in every moment of the conversation. And so we teach people how to communicate the value of human life and to make the case for why Um, abortion should be illegal persuasively and effectively while also balancing that care and concern for the people who are personally affected by abortion. And that's just wonderful. Yeah, we do outreaches on college campuses where we'll set up displays and we'll do poll questions to Um, spark dialogue with people about the issue. Um, And then we also do training seminars prior to that with the goal of having people come to our training and then they actually go out and do outreach so they can put into practice what they learned in the seminar. So the training that we do is in person, um, but it is also online. So last year we started to do online training, and you can sign up for that at jfaweb.org slash love3, and we actually have a new series that is starting on um, June the 29th, so that's coming up pretty soon. Well, and I would think this would be good training for almost anybody, uh, not just about abortion, but just how to communicate effectively with with difficult Mm -hmm. conversations, but... One of the things that you can talk about really, you know, briefly, we we need to be moving along with the time, but uh, gaining people's trust. It's very important that you be empathetic, that you try to understand, as you say, listen to the person, ask really, Mm -hmm. you know, sensitive questions and, and just not be confrontational, but gain their trust. That part is really important, yes. isn't it? Isn't it, Rebecca? Absolutely, yes. Um, people going in for abortions are very broken and scared, and they feel like there is no way out. 
And even if they're not going in for that, just having a conversation about this issue can be very challenging for people. I think that this issue is very complicated emotionally and psychologically. I think morally the issue is incredibly simple. But in order to help people see the moral simplicity of this issue, I think we need to tread really carefully in the emotional and psychological areas that are connected to the moral aspects of abortion. And if we don't, then I think we're going to end up trampling on sensitive experiences, and that can damage our ability to reach the person that we're talking to. That is so important. Thanks so much, Rebecca. We're coming up to our break right now, but stay with us, folks. We want to talk more with Rebecca Dyer about this whole issue of talking to people about abortion. Be right back. In a sensitive way. Right. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with our guest, Rebecca Dyer, who works for Justice for All, training people to engage the culture on the issue of abortion, the very difficult issue of abortion. Well, and you've been telling us, Rebecca, about the importance of gaining trust with whoever you're talking about, not being confrontational and and mm-hmm. being very sensitive to the psychological and the emotional aspects of the whole thing, in addition to the moral aspects. And as you said, the moral aspects are very clear. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. However, there's complicating issues of the emotional aspects, the psychological. And, and one really important uh, insight that you talked to us about, Lisa and I, when we were discussing this with you, is that a lot of people that come into abortion clinics aren't even pro-choice. They, they see themselves as pro-life, but they've gotten themselves in a situation where they're afraid, they're, they're, they feel like there's no alternatives. So talk about that to us. Yeah, I think it's, it can be easy for some to um, just think that people who are going in for um, abortions are pro-choice. But like you said, as I've been talking to people out on the sidewalk, there's actually many people who would call themselves pro-life and they would tell you that they actually think abortion is wrong. But they, they have just found themselves in this crisis, and abortion has been presented to them as a solution to this problem. And that if they just go through with that, that their problem will go away. And so I think it's important to not assume what people believe. Don't assume what they think, feel, or intend. That's why I think Um, taking conversations slowly and asking people questions and listening carefully to what they say is really important. And as I was thinking about this question, it made me think of um, Colossians chapter 4, where Paul talks about knowing how to answer each person. And I don't believe that we'll know how to answer people well if we don't take the time to listen to them first. 
and try to figure out where they're at and kind of what brought them to the clinic in the first place. So I'm going to take as much time as I can to listen to their story. But I also, at the same time, I'm wanting to help them see the humanity of the unborn child. And I'm going to, at some point, also encourage them to leave the clinic. And I'm going to try to connect them to the pregnancy centers that are nearby. Yeah, and there are many pregnancy centers, alternative clinics. There are other resources out there. There are people waiting to help. Uh, I, My friend used to be on the board of the Hope Clinic in Fallbrook. And yes, there there are many alternatives that they may not know about. So that mm-hmm. is such an important thing. And so tell us a little bit more about some of your personal experiences, some of the maybe even the more difficult ones, but also the more successful experiences you've had. Yeah. Well, um, difficult experiences would be just being able to talk to people that are going into the clinic for abortions and not being able to talk them out of that and then watching them walk inside after I, um, you know, tried to change their mind on that. So that is always hard, but some gratifying experiences that I've had, I had this conversation with a young man in Arizona, and this was back in 2019. I was doing an outreach event with Justice for All, and he came up to our display and we started talking about abortion, and he told me that he was pro-choice and thought that abortion should be legal um, because there are some people that suffer so much and he brought up the foster care system and he said that he had a friend that grew up in that and had a very very challenging life and just went through a lot of hard things and so I um, kind of stopped there for a moment and I found a lot of common ground with him there and kind of empathized with um, the fact that his friend went through some terrible things and I commended him for being a good friend and just for not wanting people to suffer. I think that's a very good thing. And then I did Mm -hmm. something, um, what we call trotting out a toddler. And this is something that we teach in our Zev3 series. And I said, you know, imagine for a moment that we had a two-year-old child here that we knew was going to go into the uh, foster care system and we knew that he was going to suffer a lot this is going to sound crazy but would you ever say that it would be okay to kill a two-year-old child to prevent that suffering and he said no and so I was like I agree with you on that like if the unborn is human like two-year-old child then we shouldn't be killing the unborn in the same way that we shouldn't be killing the two-year-old child. And I said, like, suffering, that doesn't diminish a person's value or right to life. I mean, we should be caring for suffering people and not advocating that someone should be able to take their life at an earlier stage of their life. So That makes a lot of sense, and I had never thought of it that way. I hadn't either. That, yeah. You talk about reframing a whole way yes. of thinking about something. 
That that sounds yeah. like an excellent approach. Yeah, and the the fun thing about this story is he ended up coming back towards the end of the day, and he told someone else that was at the outreach that he ended up changing his mind on abortion. So that was exciting to hear that because it's not very often that I actually hear that someone changed their mind on the issue. Yeah, you, um, you plant a lot of seeds, but you don't always know the results. Uh, tell, mm-hmm. and, and then you yeah. have a friendship with someone that actually worked for Planned Parenthood. Isn't that true? Uh, um, it's, uh, so she doesn't work for Planned Parenthood. It, she actually had an appointment there um, on a day that I was sidewalk counseling. Uh, okay. So I was out there with two other people, and this girl was going into the clinic. And so I approached her, and I was trying to talk to her about the other medical clinics that she could go to that don't offer abortion. And she made it very clear that she did not want to talk to me. So I immediately stepped back. And a few minutes later, she came back outside and she started to engage me and the two other people that I was with. And that uh, sparked a two-hour conversation outside of the abortion clinic. Yeah, it was quite long. But throughout this dialogue, there was this moment where she was kind of um, angry and she put her hand on her chest and was saying, you know, the right to my body is so important and you cannot tell me what to do with my body. And as she was saying that, I sensed that this was a very personal um issue to her. So I stepped in and I said something like, you know, I think the right to your body is important. And I am not out here trying to take that away from you. And I think that your thoughts on this issue are very important. And I could tell when I said that it it kind of calmed her down a bit. And it was from there, I was able to get her number. And I asked if I could take her out for coffee afterward just so I could talk to her privately and hear more about her videos about abortion. And so since then, I regularly meet with her now about twice a month, and we sometimes talk about abortion, but sometimes we just talk about other things in life too, and we've just established a really good friendship. That is wonderful. It, it is so amazing, yes. Rebecca, how you're able to form these type of relationships with people coming from all different kinds of backgrounds and attitudes and everything else. And at the same time, even if you're not doing it explicitly, you're sharing the love of Jesus with them. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. of course, we know you wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for your desire to share the love of Jesus. And I really feel when you're just telling these stories right now, I really feel like the people that you come in contact with they must sense that, and um, the prayers on their behalf are dear to our Heavenly Father. So think, of, And then again, uh, think about the lives you may be saving every time you go and do your work. Yeah, I'm really grateful for how God is using me in this field. I will say that sometimes, or I should say oftentimes in this work, you don't get to see the, the, the results of it. And sometimes people will ask me, you know, how many babies have you saved outside of the clinic? Or 
how many minds have you changed? And like, I really don't know. I think so much of our conversations are putting a pebble in, in someone's shoe, just giving them an idea, something to th- think about that maybe in the coming weeks, months, or possibly years, they might see the value of what you said. But I think we are called to um, faithfully keep presenting the truth in a gracious and loving way and just trusting God with how he wants to work that out. That is so true. And that's with the presentation of the gospel as well. Uh, the, The presentation of how sacred life is that you do you don't know when that's going to come back to someone. And, and we know that abortion has long-term effects. And maybe that's how God will reach someone uh, through you or through, through his truth that you're speaking. So uh, we, we, we are encouraging our listeners that feel the desire to help to save lives. How can they do that, Re- Rebecca? How can they engage in this work with you? Yeah. An important first step is more of having more people trained in how to have good conversations about abortion so that they can talk with their kids, their family, their friends, um, their co-workers, so that they're prepared to make the case for the unborn whenever this issue comes up. That is how you change the culture. We are going to be able to create a culture of life by speaking to the people around us. And so more people, I think, need to be equipped for that. So I think the first step would be signing up for Justice for All's Love Grief training series. And that first step is going to be huge. And you can do that again at jfaweb.org. Rebecca, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a wonderful conversation, and you're doing such important work. So thanks, and God bless you and your work. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. To bless your neighbor this week, pray for families struggling with the question of abortion. Go to Justice for All, and maybe you can support a young worker like Rebecca Dyer. Uh, Of course, they all need support financially and, and through prayer. Uh, pray that the fathers of these children will step up, take responsibility. And by the way, call your senators and congressmen, tell them that the Equality Act must be defeated. Pray for revival and that people will turn to God. Till next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibilities Responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K Praise.